0: one or two reactions you'd laugh or you say only in america and you did one of them <laughs> oh,
1: of course only in america <laughs> and with that we are live okay. only in america people we are live only in america only in america look you've got a new little intro vid thing i'm sitting there playing with some new stuff good evening internet how are we doing tonight
0: hey there peoples all
1: righty just see so uh yeah tuesday night scuba and a here we go again and uh yeah Rye guy. <laughs> and oh, no. and like I don't know it's like a train I of thought up. I'm like looking 110 different directions I feel like I'm driving a car man like check here check there check there check there <laughs> Hey, I, I, I can't wait to
0: I'm actually looking forward to being able to drive out to your place again
1: oh yeah Oh no. when you come out dude
0: it'll be a whole new setup again oh yeah <laughs> it's fine it, I always enjoy something new seeing
1: yeah it's a like bedroom. uh
0: yeah, because uh,
1: Thursday we're going to be uh, taking apart the studio to set up a new desk, a uh, new crafting okay. table, Um uh, awesome. new computer, new light setup, new mic setup. So, yeah, it's going to be a complete, uh, almost a complete revamp, and there'll be more room for playing games when people come over and start playing games. So. That's one of the first announcements out of the way.
0: Um, there we go. <laughs> uh, couple I'll bring of, a couple of my board games over and we can probably play them uh, game of Thrones risk. Dude, I still got your Talisman game over here, man.
1: Yeah, I know. I never <laughs> asked because I know where it is
0: and it's safe. So it, I don't worry is about it. It is very safe. Um, and more than likely it'll get played more over there than here. So yeah, that's fair.
1: All right. A <laughs> uh, couple other quick things to get through real quick. Uh, First of all, shout out to Sirenscape for the background music and soundboards you're hearing. Uh, much appreciate them. Take your games to the next level. Check out Sirenscape. Got an affiliate link in the doobly-doo.
0: Check it out, people.
1: I've been watching Matt Coville too much. I did the doobly-doo. <laughs> ah. All right. Next thing, uh, announcement-wise, is uh, going to kick things off with announcing a new show that's going to start this Saturday. It's going to be oh, a D, new D and D game. The uh, group is going to be called, or uh, tentatively called right now, challenge accepted. Um, I'll be, of course, be the dungeon master for this uh, wonderful excursion, um, and we're going to broadcast uh, 3 p.m. here on uh, Scuba Studios Twitch channel, and uh, also release the audio as a podcast through our podcast channels until uh, we get it kind of. For first first few episodes and then we may break it up towards its own its own thing from a podcast perspective but yeah that's a that's a pretty exciting and getting that started so we'll talk about more of that later when we get into a state of game um
0: all right do you have any announcements that i might have missed Um, no, no, uh, like, major studio announcements, but we, uh, me and Angelica celebrated three years together over the weekend. So that's an announcement. Congrats,
1: congrats.
0: Uh, So went ahead, and not too much you can do around here while we're trapped in isolation, but our our area is befitting of many outdoor activities, so we went to the Botanical Gardens.
1: Nice.
0: Went there, saw, you know, looked at flowers, took some photos. Oh. And then I cooked the dinner for her. Oh wow! I yeah. forgot. Yeah, I made my famous uh, homemade uh, basil pesto.
1: Oh yes, that is that's some good stuff right there. Good. So
0: fresh basil pesto with spaghetti. So that was very healthy and genuinely good.
1: Nice, nice. Alrighty. Um, so I guess with that, we'll roll right into, uh, what's up cause you're already talking about it. Why don't you, uh, keep that train rolling and tell us what else you've been up to.
0: Uh, other than celebrating that with my wonderful girlfriend, Angelica, um, continuing, uh, my read of this, uh, book right here, uh, screenplays, I'm almost done. So once I finish that, I will pick up one or two ideas. I'll leave that as a mystery to everybody and start working on that but only after I finish rewriting this uh, romance novel that I've been working on as well. Oh, really? So I'm almost done editing. Well, basically like rewriting it because I wrote it so long ago. So there's a lot of choppiness in it. So kind of, you know, fixing a lot of stuff and rewriting sections. But once I'm done with that, I'm going to send it to a good friend of mine's to do another pass through. And then I'll probably publish it on my uh, account on lulu.com. So look forward to that. Maybe within a year. All right. Um, and then uh what else have I been doing? Lots of gaming. Pretty much that, lots of watching, you know, since we're downtime, a lot of TV shows I had saved in my queue, I'm catching up on. So I like series like the uh The Last Kingdom, um All American on Netflix. Both of those are on Netflix and a few others that I'm catching up. So it's it's pretty pretty just you know, finding ways to stay active mentally and all the other things in between. And also signed up for a, um, we call it, it's a virtual 5 a virtual run. So basically it's uh, what it is, is that you actually are, you know, you do a 5k, but you know, when you do a 5k, it's usually with a large group somewhere. Yeah. Um, this one, you, you do it, but you have to, you know, kind of record it itself. I'll get more information later once I get the shirts and stuff, but it'll be at the end of the month. So I signed up for the the 5K. Uh, the the five
1: Interesting. Portion.
0: So finally, I am able, I'm getting back into doing a 5K. So I'm excited about that.
1: That is always good news.
0: Yes. But other than that, nothing really has going on. Just uh, lots of nerding out over here <laughs> and venturing out. Oh, we did find this uh, ice cream place I've never heard of. Oh, We're well, really? just randomly driving around. It's called a uh, blue cow ice cream. And that is an amazing, creamy, delicious ice cream. So you should uh, check it out one day, or if you come over here, I'll take you over. Get some ice much.
1: Right. Sounds like a plan to me. Just remember to get the doubly, get the, uh, the announcements out.
0: Awesome. Oh yeah. That's all I have, uh, strolling over in the rye guys. Uh, uh, manifestation of a home. I me and Kirby <laughs> just chilling. The manifestation know. of a home. Okay. Yeah, you know, you got Kirby sucking something in, and me trying to avoid everything. So,
1: I see oh, wait. Kirby
0: and raise you an R two D two. Oh, you, you, I think you might win there. Did he win? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kirby agrees.
1: Check out Scuba and Araya where we play with plushies. Yay! <laughs> oh yes, that's what we do well that was His a birthday will... that was a birthday gift from my uh daughter so oh yes he's got he's got he's got a rocket out here in the studio once things get kind of fixed up
0: oh so. yeah you uh you have your r2d2 i'll bring my porg and we'll have a good old time
1: oh yeah lots of fun there um yeah i guess for me it's been uh receiving 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 for the last week or so okay yes um, you
0: have been receiving a lot of stuff Oh,
1: yeah, I, it's a wide variety of things, man. Um, big thing. The, the The whole thing started with the ordering a new computer, which we talked about last week. Yeah. Talking about ordering a new computer. Well, as of today, the last of the computer parts has arrived. So 10 to 1 Saladin tomorrow will come over and we will assemble the two computers and, and get dun-dun-dun. them all going. And then on Thursday, uh, my wife and I are going to break down the studio and set up the new equipment. So that should be loads of fun. I think there's only a few things I'm waiting to receive. And those are going to be a couple of new mounts for lighting and cameras. I saw some really great ideas um, while I was researching lights. Last week, after receiving two the the new studio lights, you, one of them's on right now, and I still kind of have to adjust the uh, lighting on that to try and get some more uh, even lighting. So, but it should be fun. Um, the new setups, the new desk is a sit stand desk. I'll have pictures and video and content I'll be making and recording uh, all the setup and everything. I've I shot video over the weekend doing the desk builds for both the studio for both the Workstation as well as the crafting table. So I'll be editing that together and getting that out as soon as I Can within reason I mean video editing is still a little rough Um, Spent a lot of you time
0: you get at it though?
1: Yeah, and I, Through all that there was the whole bit with the uh, new game get new show getting started and then it was just you know celebrating my birthday yesterday and and getting and responding to all of the various birthday messages and now nah. it's like a year ago i only had to worry about like facebook and you know some text messages this year it's facebook text messages and two or three different discord channels where it was constant happy birthday happy birthday happy birthday um, oh yeah and then last night watched uh tides of Wildmount by on the realmsmith.tv channel and at the end i got a nice little shout out from uh the DM saying happy birthday because you know it's been going on in the, in the chat that it was people wishing me a happy birthday, so that felt good. Yeah. Hey, uh... uh, so yeah, I even got my first uh, Realm Smith Adventure Box in, so that'll be uh so hopefully some new stuff to talk about. But I gotta I, I gotta wait on a couple of a couple of things first before I can really go into that. But I did get it; it arrived Saturday, so. <laughs> uh it's like and then i got some new D swag that was on sale um so it's just I just a variety of things been arriving so it's just been crazy every day more packages get here and i'm hoping that soon it'll be all done and be like cool now i can work on the whole desk setup and you know job hunting thing
0: yeah well yeah, you know you get the ball rolling on that but eventually you'll, you'll it'll catch on and you'll be uh on that workhorse again. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: All right. So, yeah. Huh. All righty. I think with that, we can go ahead and uh, get into the meat and potatoes of the day.
0: Don't forget the gravy. Oh, yes. Got to have the Babies gravy. Maybe some chives.
1: Well, you know, load of baked potatoes, the best kind of baked potato. <laughs>
0: Wish we could go to <laughs> Texas Roadhouse right now. He got me excited. You'll survive, my friend. You'll survive. Well, I have to. There's no other way around it.
1: This is true. This is true. All right. (laughs) All righty. Movie reviews. And this week, we did a double... We both watched this movie and going to be able to talk about it. That is uh, Rye Review Rewind, the movie Snatch with uh, Brad Pitt, Jason Statham, and Benedict Del Toro. So it's like interesting, interesting group.
0: Yeah, it's a who's who's of names and just sporadic different uh, uh, character actors that you that are familiar with during that height of um, during that height of the film industry of that time. So. Very recognizable names that are still around today, and some others.
1: Yeah, this is a little like, what is going on with this?
0: Oh yeah, Um snatch! It's a it's a film uh, written and directed by Guy Ritchie. A lot of people recognize his name nowadays because uh, he did he was part of the uh, live action adaptation of Aladdin um in a recent film this year the gentleman which i reviewed earlier but when it comes to guy ritchie this is um whenever they reference like his uh magnum opus you know that one one film that people always gravitate back to its snatch so i decided to go back per recommendation and do a you know an old school rerun review of this film which I haven't watched in a long time, but I never actually put up a review for it. So it's like, heck, let's go back, rewatch it, see if I can uh if see if I, you know, it's been so long. When you watch a movie and then you've moved on, tastes change, trends change, you mature in your thought process of how you look at film So it's yeah, like, life has its tendency a
1: tendency to do that.
0: Yeah, like is a movie that you loved and beloved for so long still kind of one of those films? So, putting all of that aside, I went into it like I always do, exposition at the door, and just take the film as is. Um, and coming out of watching this film, I can definitely say this is, I still consider it one of my favorite films. Um, it's still on that top 10 list of my favorite films, but that doesn't play into my review. So, <laughs> yeah, um,
1: heaven forbid anybody has any bias when they watch
0: something. Oh, no. Oh, no, no bias. Um, but when it comes to favorites it's uh, I separate favorites from best okay you know, There's a best list and then there's a favorite list. There could be a movie that is just you know so bad it's so good and it can be a favorite um so but with snatch, what you have here, is a film that centralizes around um, the uh, the British crime underworld in London. So you have a lot of mixed bags of a lot of things going on. You have the violent gangsters. Um, you have some incompetent robbers. You have this underground boxing ring. And then everything comes together because of a uh, diamond heist for a 82nd carat diamond that was stolen. So the yeah. main MacGuffin of this film deals with this diamond and the one, a diamond dealer from New York, that wants to get a hold of it. So, when it comes to a guy Richie film, the one thing you need to know going in is that he doesn't write or direct within a traditional, um, within a traditional manner. Um, the only film in his pedigree that he's done that is Aladdin, and you know that's a studio film, so you know he had to play along with the play along with the big boys. But other than that. Like when it's when it's truly him directing and writing, he always focuses on uh, two things. He focuses on uh, characters and plot driven by circumstance. And what I mean by that is, is that when you have as many characters as you do in this film, like you mentioned, um, you have Turkish played by Jason Statham, Mickey played by Brad Pitt, um, Bullet Tooth Tony played by Vinny Jones, Boris the Blade played by actor Raid uh, Rad, I'm going to butcher his name no pun yeah. intended Serbage well, and a I few others seeing other
1: works but seeing him in this ensemble cast oh, is really kind of huh. yeah. oh
0: yeah
1: I find it so, I, I, I found it very interesting as far as the cast but the movie was just it was something but oh yeah I'll let you no, finish but, getting through the getting through your part and then we can you know back and forth
0: okay so what you have here is a film that predicates on blending plenty of genres but with the attitude of following these uh, common criminal archetypes, but pushed through with a layer of colorful antics and social ambiguity. Because nothing nothing is what it seems, and then everything is unexpected. Because nobody is safe in this film. You might think, oh, this, uh, this, uh, this bad mamma jamma of a character is not going to get taken out. And then he does, or she does. And then who you expect to come out on top, you don't see it coming. So what you have is a basic slice of life mantra driven by a colorful cast created through an obvious plot device. And even with that standardness, it's still a fun and enjoyable ride because everything that is great about this film is the acting, uh, the character development, and most especially the dialogue. So when you have uh, – everything is linked between situations and scenarios. So, you know, no matter if it's um, Turkish and his crew trying to win boxing matches or, you know, uh, set up boxing matches, I'm going to just say that. Set up, not going to spoil anything even if you haven't. Even though it's been out a long time, you still don't want to spoil this if you haven't seen it. Um, you have uh, pretty much a lot of Foley situations, witty dialogue, and unexpected events that surround this ultimate MacGuffin. So what I love, the the great thing I love about this movie is that everything is driven by those witty confrontations and what I call structure mayhem. Because even when things seem a convenience in in a typical linear story, when it might seem convenient as a plot point, you come to realize it's not. It just kind of happens. Things just kind of fall into place. And that's predicated on the script itself. It's a very tightly written script. Everything makes sense. Every piece, even though it might start off with no explanation, comes together very seamlessly by the end. Like, everything has an important role to play with in this film. So when it comes full circle, it all makes sense. So it starts off from opposite ends and comes together in a whole. So.
1: Yeah, um...
0: Honest, yeah, I wasn't streaming.
1: sure what to expect going into this. I've never seen this film before. I'd heard about it, but I never made the time to sit down to watch it. And then when you posted, hey, this was going to be your review, it's like, all right, well, let me go watch this, because I feel that our review conversations are a little more interesting for our listeners if I've seen the film, too, other than just go and apply critical thinking to what you have described, and to draw inferences and whatever now that I've actually seen this film and I gotta admit I'm going through watching it going wait what it was (laughs) I mean it was the layering of humor and satire in this film is just incredible in my opinion I mean the tropes and the 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 British comedy or the British humor of things, and the fact that a lot of it is all it, it there's not a lot of there's not American films when it comes to comedy when they have comedies and things like that they tend to have rely on some physical aspect of the comedy. Yes, you know, I mean, a you look at you, look, you slapstick and physical comedy, Steve Martin, uh, a lot of those a lot of those guys make really good films, but. There, but a lot of that is all just kind of zany physical comedy. This film is all about the dialogue when it comes to the jokes. Because yeah. if you're not paying attention to the dialogue, a joke will come right through and you won't even realize it, it, it happened. Like, Yeah, it's it? very um,
0: subtle, but it's very obvious at the same time.
1: Well, but it's only of,
0: obvious if you're paying attention. Some of them are just like... Wow! What a comedy of
1: errors! Like the dude, the dude's uh, running the the uh, the pawn shop, robbing the bookies, and it's right there. All bets are all bets are off, or all bets are closed. What do you mean? There's got to be money here. Like I got a bag of coin, and it's literally a bag of coin. It's just like, wow. I mean, wow. See some of that ha- and then it's like that it's like yeah. and, and the thing is there's some of those running jokes that go out through the whole film that if you i mean it I, I i have to say i have to say the only other director that comes to mind to do this kind of subtle um innuendo it, it just or or something that if you didn't catch it in the beginning you missed the punchline at the end would be some of the early tarantino films oh yeah so it's, it's i found it really hard to, to to. it's like there were parts like where they were talking like uh, went to go talk to the, the 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 puckers or the packers or the the uh the gypsies
0: it's like yeah.
1: it's like the dude went to go get the trailer and he wound up with a dog and then you cut into this group that has no connection whatsoever and it's like, you went, to the, you went to them, it's like, yeah, it was, what's that? It's a dog. Every deal with them comes with a dog. It's like, yeah. wait, what? What? <laughs> and, and, I mean, and it's like the whole thing, it's like the joke on the, the the fact that you can't have guns in London. And it's like, it's like so many things and, that in America. Everybody's
0: like, running around with a gun.
1: Yeah, everybody's running around with a gun. Or it's like, the dude's like, oh, it's, if it weigh, if it's heavy, it's reliable. Because worst case, you can just hit somebody with it. And it's like it, it's like, or and the thing is, is, like certain things, like he gives the guy the revolver, but you find out later is like there's no conversation about bullets.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, you see the guy with the gun, but that doesn't mean he's gonna give me bullets. Oh, you got to figure that out for yourself. But that's it's it's subtle. It's a very yeah. subtle. Yeah. Like and. This, this-
0: film is uh, is the pure entity of what is called a uh perfect screenwriting and perfect you know just linking scenes without having to over explain oh yeah it's like you get themselves.
1: that you get that list of character intros and then yeah. it just goes there's no yeah. there's no wasted supposition on who this guy is or how he's affiliate with that guy you get very clear who's who at the beginning And then you just roll into the story and um, Del Toro's character is really I mean, I thought he was going to have more screen time,
0: but it was just like, wait, what? No. And that's what I mentioned is, is the fact that, you know, no character is left unharmed. Like you're going to get hurt because of the circumstance and because of, uh, uh, you know, choices and consequences. Oh yeah! Every choice has a consequence. Every choice has a consequence in this movie.
1: Now I will have to say that when I watched the film and when I stopped watching when the film was over, which that ending is just comedy gold in my opinion, because he just he just left you going, wait, what? Okay, but I had to think about it because it really took a minute to really kind of sink in for the fact that there are elements. While I'm watching the film, I'm just like really really and then at the end it's like uh, okay i'll take a look at that i'll see what's going on i'll give it time and then get to the end it's like all right everything comes together but it took it it really took me a f- like good six 12 hours before it's like you know these are this is where the film's really kind of strong in the terms of, it it's it, 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 it's it's one it's kind of one of those, it's like, it'll get you later when you go back to think about it, but yeah. it isn't going to be like an immediate reaction as soon as you're done watching it. You know, some films, it's like, you have that immediate, when the credits roll, it's like, oh, everything made sense, everything I understand, that was good. This one, it's like, it seemed really <laughs> weird, yeah. and then after time, it's like, oh,
0: oh, now I get it. Yeah, good, great, and fantastic all have different layers. And when it comes to films that do lean toward the upper echelons of things that you won't forget or your favorites or the best are the ones that marinate over time. Even if you, you recognize the stuff coming out, once you start thinking about it, you start to recognize the greatness that is with it. Why you keep thinking about things, why you keep remembering scenes like the Desert Eagle scene. You
1: know. <laughs> oh, that was so hilarious.
0: Like there is a, a lot replica. of references to Eagle five, 5. of this movie. <laughs> so, All right.
1: So what do we what what
0: rating did you give this one? Um uh this film, as like I said, this this is I, I had to preface in the beginning that this is was one of my is one of my favorite films. Um putting that aside, favorite doesn't mean best. So this film does, even though it is one of one of the mo- best, well-written scripts that I've ever watched, you know, in my time of film. Uh-huh. There, you know, it's still the sporadic nature can can loosen some moments, and can you know slow down momentum at time. So even even with those little disjointedness, it's still a fun, adventurous ride and a great uh, cinematic masterpiece when it comes to writing, writing and characters of circumstance. So. Um, I'll just say it how I said in my review, if I could watch this theater watch this movie in the theaters again, I'd give it a full price. So four out of five, I would Fair. pay that full price ticket to watch this in theaters again. But uh, it is available on stars, I believe right now, but yes. Blu-ray and DVD. So red box it people
1: now you can find it also on all of the streaming services. You just have to rent it. I think it's a $4 rental right now on most of them.
0: Yeah, for um, I know it's on Amazon Prime. I saw it there, but I wasn't
1: gonna pay it. Either. Well, it's Amazon Prime and Apple TV. Yeah. I, I have yeah. access to both those, and if it's there, it's on YouTube. T, it's on YouTube to rent, and oh, yeah. the prices are pretty much the same across the board. Uh, yeah. Personally, I'm gonna I'm giving it a three out of a three point five out of five, only because there was it's some It it didn't hold me the entire time. Oh yeah, I can understand why. Did. And for me, it's like the film has to hold my attention because I get a lot going on mentally all the time. Because I'm thinking about very, uh, always thinking about things. Or especially when you're not in the theater, it's like you are prone to more distractions outside of the theater. And yeah. I feel that a film that can grab me and hold me to pay attention and not look away or play with a. Play with my phone or think about some project i'm working on in the meantime that the film is definitely a little bit higher this one it had moments where it seemed a little drawn out for as far as a, a, a over a holding my attention in a pacing sense but in other times it was like oh are you kidding me i've got to see how this plays out because this is just so absurd <laughs> reference yeah. the bar scene in the desert eagle because that is just so absurd <laughs> you just had to see how that ends
0: oh yeah that that, that monologue is so great because those characters the monologue, think they have the monologue them is like, good. Um, no you don't
1: the monologue is good it's after the monologue that's better
0: <laughs> yes, that's what—that's what's so great about this movie. It's not the moment that gets you; it's the things after the moment. So,
1: yeah, I'm—I'm I'm going for—I'm going three point five out of five.
0: Oh yeah, nothing wrong with that. It's still—it's still people. It's still my favorite list, which actually makes me think about all the films I've seen between then, when I put that list together. So I'm going to have to revisit that list at some point and see if anything comes off and goes on.
1: All righty, so I think with that we are ready for uh, some state of game
0: state that game people's
1: all righty Well, all right okay state of game moment where we talk about all the various games we're playing and what platforms we're playing them on whether they be video game tabletop pc or actually i think it's pretty much it because you know lockdown can't really go anywhere mobile
0: (laughs) mobile, you can oh yeah
1: mobile devices that's true that's true mobile device is a thing casual gaming is a thing all right Uh, a lot of games on that
0: mobile device so again i have some so said I have some of
1: those mobile games. Yeah, I've got a few. I kind of sit and play still constantly. All right, so video game wise, uh, I'm still working on Division Two. I did a got a new capture card, tested that out last night. Beautiful picture. Beautiful That's good. picture. Um, got about 40 minutes or so because, like I said, I was watching Tides of Wildmount and wanted to see how that ended because that hooked. And I just like I got to see how this ends. Yes, I know I could have watched it the next day or the following day, but something about watching it live, just getting that gratification, especially with the this culture, with Twitch, whatever. It's like, oh, I'm watching it. Uh, let me talk to the community while we're watching it. Make it a community affair. It was it was fun. So I may rearrange my stream schedule on Mondays. We'll 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 see how that goes. But uh, yeah, Division Two's been the big video game I've been playing. Since I've spending a lot of time working on other projects, I haven't really pulled up any other games. But with the new PC build, I'm going back to PC games, so I still have to figure out what to play first there. I got a huge library on Steam, so I was like,
0: hmm. If there's any games that I can join in that won't kill my laptop, I'll join you.
1: Well, I mean, we could always do a Torchlight run again. That was like the first uh, PC you, game no. I did when I first... Yeah. When I, with the with oh yeah when i first I'll, got steam years and years ago that, it was that's not light. a hard sell for me say again
0: that's not a hard sell for me no i didn't think it would be <laughs> <laughs> i'm literally playing it on the on my switch so there's no difference of going back my character's still there so
1: all so what about you Ry? What, what 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 games you've been tinkering around with the last couple of days
0: well i haven't touched much of division two other than with you i didn't jump on last night i think i was passed out on the couch somewhere but um <laughs> Yeah, I noticed you were a rare occasion you're not online. Oh yeah, it's a it's a rarity, but other than that pretty much now now I'm getting further and further and getting knee deep in the Final Fantasy VII remake. And you know, the story's getting good. You know, well, it's a you know, it's a familiar story, played it before a long time, but just just watching how everything has changed and the the knee the development of the the action style of the combat you know mixing in the action with rpg elements is just gratifying because you it's so fast paced and you have to be able it's like they like did a a fusion of traditional jrpg but within an action orientation yeah because you still have to you have to balance between the fighting and the defense and the healing and the magic and at the same time understanding the enemy types Um, And then certain enemies, when you're fighting them, you don't just go on, at them head on. There's different parts you have to attack. So is it better to attack the central part of the body or attack the arms or, you know, and then who to use to attack, you know? So there's a lot of balancing act. But the the cool thing about it, it's because it's not traditional turn-based, everything is action-based, it's all about um, real-time offense-defense. So you have to think quick on your feet when you're fighting. So This is true um so, so where are you in the story um i'm in chapter 11.
1: okay so i've
0: i i've gotten past the part of where you go to sector five you know the las vegas style sector and now i'm moving out past that so i'm going back to sector seven so it's me um tiff and um dang it's fl- fleeting me in my mind but yeah it's Fair. me and the girls right now okay you two the girl. oh
1: Tifa Aerith and Cloud,
0: yeah. Tifa Aerith and Cloud. I'm in that situation. Okay. Kind of Sector five, heading into sector seven again.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Um, so other than that, uh, I got a couple of, I got one campaign thing which we've been talking bits and pieces, and that's this uh new D and D game called Chall- for Challenge Accepted. Okay. Um, it's gonna be uh, Wednesday. I did uh for my build stream. I spent the spent some time working on building out the adventure because this will exist in the same My version of the of the forgotten realms And whatnot this is that I run uh, no quarter and a team in So just it's this group and then the cool thing is is uh, what happened was is I was working on roll 20 working on my stuff for roll 20 for the no quarter group and I made a comment in the Rome Smith community discord and uh, we got to talking about roll 20 and they got to talking about doing a D&D game and seeing who people interested me being me I sat there and raised my hand, said I volunteer as tribute and next thing you know I've got a group of players and Saturday we did a com- quick conference call uh, to kind of meet and greet and get some of the stuff out of the way for what people thought it went really well. Uh, like I was saying, the Rome Smith box arrived on my doorstep as this conference call got started. So, we're for a little while after we're all like, "Yeah, this is got it. This is some good omens." We think anyway. We'll see how it goes. Uh, they're gonna take on the adventure. They're starting off with the adventure out of the Ghosts of Salt Marsh, uh, can- uh, storybook. Um, so I'm getting that ready for that, and like I said i'm really excited um thinking maybe my voice and my approach to dungeon mastering will be a good thing for content and making new friends and going on adventures why not
0: What's, oh yeah, it's what what could possibly go wrong <laughs> well if it if it, if it is as adventurous and interesting as the previous stories you've been talking about on the podcast um, I expect it to to go left field in a very fun adventurous way.
1: Uh, yeah, especially because this is brand new players, uh, various levels of experience, different time zones. I, one of the guys is, uh, one of the guys is in Germany based on the, uh, his, uh, accent. So it's like, this will be fun and an actual international kind of, it'll feel, it'll feel to me a little more dynamic In The sense that it isn't my circle that's here in Hampton Roads. It's new players And kind of building that uh, that reputation. So I'm hoping it goes well. I'm hoping there's some new opportunities that come with this But overall, I just I hope I don't screw this up as a dungeon master (laughs) I gotta be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm 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 genuinely slightly nervous But I also feel really confident in my story stuff and confident that hey this will be this will go
0: well so
1: fingers crossed break a leg all that fun jazz
0: <laughs> oh yeah i think i think it'll be fine you have your knowledge of uh, the dice game so it's just a matter of managing the group and seeing where where it takes you well the, and the nice thing is the fact it's it's layering the
1: the, the three groups that are active right now And I was looking at the maps today, compiling the maps and the adventures and what's been happening here and there and kind of going with, like, well, this group has done these things and how is that ripple through with these other groups? And so far, it feels very kind of organic in the sense that there's definitely stuff going on. But then I was sitting there looking at it. It's like, you know, realistically, these three groups are operating in a space that's probably about 150 miles yeah and it's looking at that it's like huh that's actually very small you in, <laughs> know in, as far as, as as far as geography and, and thinking about this and two of them are within 100 miles of each other so mm-hmm. it could be very interesting very quick not that they're going to immediately overlap right now they're kind of working on two different directions But it's kind of one of those things it's like we'll see how this goes and since this is a community game one of the things thinking about is setting this up as kind of an adventuring guild or Of some type where it's like that way it allows players to drop in and out of the group depending on the quote-unquote Contract that's taken up. So I think I think I think for the first story arc So to speak, it'll be okay. How are these guys getting established as challenge accepted and Building up that guild and finding a place to call home and setting that stuff up and right now. It's going to investigate a haunted house So see how that kind of rolls itself out but uh, yeah 3 p.m here on twitch uh, audio and VOD will come out in the normal channels the f- within a few days, hopefully um and yeah that's that's all i got for state of game i got no quarter on friday night and then challenge accepted on saturday and this will be a weekly game oh yeah so we'll roll
0: with it oh yeah um right now it's just gonna be final fantasy 7 until i decide to ever play the game i managed to install on my system days gone so yeah. it's well, a baby yeah, yeah baby steps
1: Hey, if you get to it, you get to it. If not, there's not uh-huh. like there's any shortage of time here. Oh so. no,
0: there's there's enough time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, I but, think with that, we'll go and get into our news stuff. Unless you got another game you want to chat about.
0: Uh, no, nothing, nothing really. Other than I, I have uh, come around to maybe uh, getting Ghost of Shishima in July when it drops. i wasn't sure about it then when i heard the words open world samurai game i kind of changed my mind
1: (laughs) yeah i'm gonna go with you on that one all right playing the intro for odds and ends All righty, odds and ends where we talk about the news and what's going on in the world and the interwebs, swirling around, scrolling around. We got a variety of stories to talk about.
0: And definitely, uh, definitely a good variety indeed.
1: Well, let's start off with the with the with the big boys. Um, big first one. Apparently, Funimation announced a there's a funimation con is a virtual anime convention that's happening in july uh july 3rd july 4th great way to do the holiday during the midst of all this uh lockdown and social distancing um oh yeah so yeah what what do we know about this
0: uh this is uh, reported on the anime news network Um uh, basically what it is the uh, funimation since uh They can't run their typical, you know, anime expos that are planned in uh, Los Angeles around the same time. They decided to go online and do a virtual one. So, as you said, July 3 and 4 is going to be a virtual Funimation Con. And it's described as, quote, a two-day stream of cosplay meetups, industry panels, Q&A sessions, and more, end quote. Um. So it does sound like it's a good way of finding a a balanced medium uh, between, you know, bringing communities together without, you know, exposing to anything that would be unnecessary and um, showcasing that technology can, that there is prime to what we can do over the interwebs with um, if they can move cons to a virtual space um it just expands the possibilities of more things doing that 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 can rely on that kind of stuff this is just a perfect uh perfect storm to where you know anime fans you know they watch a lot of stuff streaming wise anyway they do a lot of things online it's 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 a it's a a a bed for possibilities because of the community itself but it does highlight uh, other things that could be moving online with like video game presentations um, music festivals and other things that could use the this format down the I, road.
1: I, I think it's a I think it's good for more exposure. I mean, but I mean, I, just cons are kind of a price point barrier for me. And with having virtual ones, if I hear about it soon enough, it might be worth. Yeah, you know, might be able to check it out. So, I yeah, this a,
0: one I'm probably going to check out just out of a one. I'm an anime fan through and through till till the day I die. And two, I just want to see what the experience is going to be like virtually, because I have been to a uh, anime con in person, uh, the one that happens here. So just to get another different idea, and plus it's being held by one of the bigger companies that deal with anime, animation. So you know they're going to have a lot of, a lot of bells and whistles and a lot of things coming online.
1: Yeah. Um God, I had a, I had a thought. I had a thought. <laughs> ah, forget it. Moving on. Let's uh Let's talk about lockdown. Let's talk about the fallout of lockdown and last week we discussed uh George Last week of the week before we discussed uh the states are starting to reopen. And one of the first ones, Georgia, is having these new requirements for the movie theaters and other businesses and entertainment venues. This week, our governor uh, here in Virginia had said that next week could start phase one of getting the everything moving again, uh, which is still going to be another 12 to 16 weeks before the we're quote unquote back to. Or in a post lockdown, but with limiting all this other stuff, one of the things that seems to have come out is movies are being released to premiere video on demand or yeah. PVOD. Uh, we first one was a uh, Trolls World Tour, which basically raked in money like it was cool. Uh, several other films have uh, done a Done a PVOD and they appear to have done well. I haven't heard of. I mean, the numbers aren't really out. I'm sure the numbers are out there, but it's it's still it's kind of one of those things. It's like people watch movies and seeing and being able to access these brand new films ahead of time, whether they whether it's a little bit higher price point to rent, doesn't strike me as something that's terribly bad and appropriate for this time frame when we have everybody almost everybody on their brother spending more time at home granted there's the frontline workers which gotta live, give them mad love and respect because hey they're doing what's got to get done yep very much mad love and respect for them for you know putting their life out putting their selves out there to help others yes um but we have to sit there and then go back to, hey, this is business. Businesses have people they answer to. Businesses have things they need to do. And apparently opportunities for come up. And when opportunities come, you either take them or you don't. And one of those is Universal CEO sat there and says, like, hey, we did really good with this film. We're going to do more of it. And that seemed to upset the apple cart, so to speak, uh, in no uncertain terms, where the movie theaters, you know, the, the NATO, the National Organization of, movie the- of Theaters, uh, all, starting with A, uh, AMC Theaters, followed by Regal, and then, of course, the, uh, the, the NATO group for movie theaters, all were like, this is not cool you shouldn't do this and they their response is oh well if it's a universal related property we will not show it at all and i gotta say that sounds like a really petty thing to do
0: yeah it's a mixture of when it when it came out it's uh, you know it's just it, it set you know alarms like oh snap you know because uh one amc is the is the largest movie chain in the world not not the states not america the world and then you're like okay well there's other change and then regal jumped in and then nato which is the organization all the theaters uh, chimed in so it kind of dwindled down to pitting a uh, studio against a uh, distributor um so when you look at it especially with amc it comes with a feeling of you know hey getting petty because you're not making any money. And another group found a way to make money in times of peril that you just feeling a little, um, quote unquote, hurt, uh, from the, from the behind. But at the same time that there, there's more than meets the eye. Sorry to take away that from you, Optimus, but, um, more so than, more so than what is putting, putting, you know, them just saying they're not going to show universal, there is a stipulation for this specific film putting it to VOD and breaking a contract. Well, so okay, so I
1: haven't heard anything about the contract side. So what's up with this contract side?
0: So basically, I I, I haven't read in complete detail of it, but basically pushing films that were slated for, you know, just theater release without you know, uh, consolidate or, you know, talking with the, the distributors is a no-no within the contract. You, you can push stuff to VOD, but it usually happens after the fact, after it's been theater released. Do, um, we do know what the circumstances? They probably should have found a way to work around it. But as the article that we're, um, that we have here from a CNBC, um, a lot of the reasons that the, 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 um, the studios are pushing some of these uh, mid-tier movies to VOD because it's predicated on the fact that you know there is um they aren't expecting to make a lot of money on these and th- it's not like the the studios are pulling every film to VOD. A lot of their major releases they're pushing back because no matter no matter what this pandemic has done, the big movies are going to make money regardless. It's 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 yeah. going to happen.
1: I and mean, when uh, we look, and when we look at some of Universal's related properties, we're talking the Fast franchise, DreamWorks films. There's quite a bit of them.
0: Yeah, they have a lot of a uh, lot of big films that they that they have coming out that are that are potentially going to be money makers for both sides. It's just uh, like you said, it seems like a gut wrenching move because um the distributors are not distributors but the studios have found a way around the a la carte uh mode of theater chains which this is basically another it's just history repeating itself and this is just I, i mentioned to you off off you know off air this is another uh blockbuster netflix situation when netflix was moving into um you know starting to get on the rise and streaming was slowly picking up, Blockbuster had a chance to get into that market and decided against it. And you see what happened there. Um, say, case in point with this here, um, studios have always wanted to find a way to uh, you know, balance the act outside of the theaters. And you start seeing that with uh, some of the um, streaming services having movies getting award recognitions, um, the Oscars having to... Um, open up you know lift their rules for you know for the movies because of well because of the situation but also at the same time there's probably underlying pressures for them to see hey a lot of these you know big uh big good name uh theaters are, are big uh name directors like martin scorsese steven spielberg and like um david lynch are starting to make movies on these smaller uh, on these streaming platforms we got to open this up yeah, I'd, so
1: you know, I don't think the Academy did it because of the because of that. No, I I, that's not that's it. not what
0: I'm saying. What I'm saying, it's just a premonition of things to come. Oh yeah, I,
1: I, I'm all for that, but I also think part of the reason why they opened up to yeah. allow for films that get no theater time because of the current of the pandemic yeah. is let's think about this in the in, next year when yeah. it gets to be Oscar time. And if they did not allow any films in theaters, then technically there's no need to have an Oscars. And here is something that people are going to freak out about at the network level, because, Hey, I paid how much money for the rights to broadcast this show. And you're going to tell me, no, you're not doing it. Or it's, Oh, we, uh, we, We are contractually obligated to do this show. We must find some way to get around it Which uh, is part of the whole which tying it back to the whole The whole hubbub over trolls world tours. There was a there was not it wasn't just a theater deal But it was also weighing that against a merchandising deal for the toys and stuff because kids films are not are huge things for as far as Not just the film and the ticket sales, but then the merchandising deals and all of that time and energy and marketing has gone into the toys and and, and stuff to appeal to the kids for the holiday for gifts and whatnot. Those are factors in there, too. And if your back's against the wall, you're going to do something because one contract versus the other. It's like, which one can you accept to deal with and which one you can't? In A perfect world. Obviously, we don't want any see any contract fall to the wayside but I think overall I think I think the AMC's and regals on their reactions to this Strike me as a little knee jerk and when they're already Kind of bent over a barrel so to speak because they have had zero revenue or near zero revenue for two to three months and when they reopen it's going to be extremely stagnant and it's going to be heavily restricted because of social distancing guidelines from state federal cdc all these government agencies saying hey we got to keep people separated and do x y and z sitting there and cutting off potential revenue does not seem like it's good business And it seems like you're getting bent over, bent out of shape over a very antiquated uh, business model that, like, which, like you said, the whole Netflix blockbuster. I think the theaters are in the blockbuster stance, where it's like, look, this is the way we've always done it. We've done it this way for seventy years. There's no need to change because we've done it for seventy years. To, hey. I never said I wasn't going to put movies in the theater. I'm just saying I'm going to put a movie in a theater and I'm going to put it out on prime, on Premiere uh, Video On Demand at the same time. So it, it, I think if it was, hey, we're going to forego putting any movie in theater and put them all on PVOD, that might be a little more thing to be upset about. But instead, you just force them into that or thinking that by sitting there and saying it, you're going to convince the the studios to backpedal. The money doesn't does not follow that. Oh yeah, because uh, yeah. I, it seems, from my my understanding, is the theaters take fifty percent of the ticket sales. The studio gets the other fifty percent. Premiere video on demand. The studio gets eighty percent of the sale. I, 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 sorry. The math is not there for the student for the theaters to think they have the studios over a barrel. But I mean that that that's how I'm seeing this. I'm not seeing this as being something that a makes a lot of sense. Other than my feelings are hurt, and I'm going to express how my feelings are hurt.
0: Oh yeah, it's 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 a basic knee jerk reaction to uh to something that they see as a threat because theaters i've uh that's the whole it's all that's why i t- tied it in back to what the 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 academy is doing and the the fight against of letting uh streaming movies in award shows this comes back to um these theaters fighting against netflix and amazon prime and hulu um from that because it's another fight of them trying to fight some change against their own model um so the, the theaters rely on these movies to make the money, no matter if it's the first week, second week, or third week. So just having that knee-jerk reaction is, is not going to benefit them all. What it's going to do is just drive the audiences be like, well, I want to watch Fast 9, and you're not going to let me see it, so therefore I'm just not going to go to your theater at all for anything. So, so it doesn't matter if it was Universal, well, Paramount, a... Sony, Disney. And that's you know, another
1: thing, too. That's another thing when you sit there and you look at the Fox deal. Yeah. The Fox deal with Disney gives Disney roughly 51% of all the theatrical releases in a calendar year. Universal is universal and all the others make up the other 49, 47% or what, what not. Universal saying that is one thing, but if the House of Mouse Sat there and said We're going to release premiere video on demand and theater for all of their stuff What would the
0: react what would the reaction have been then? It might have not been the same way because they're looking at that share but, I mean, at, you know, they'd probably find a way to work with the, with the, the House of Mouse because of that market share. And yeah. the fact is, is that they wouldn't want to fight them on that because uh, Disney has streaming platforms. They have Disney Plus. They have Hulu. They have ESPN Plus. Not to mention a plethora of other networks they own. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cameras. much. Yeah. <laughs> so they
1: have it, 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 it boils down to bargaining power and i don't yeah. think the theaters have the have enough bargaining power to force universal to change their
0: opinion oh no they won't because then they have the backing of not only maybe the house of mouse they might come in but also all those streaming platforms behind universal will be like you know what put your stuff through us through your vod or put it out on netflix or put it through hulu or put it through prime you know wherever you have vod access they're going to be like okay Let's do it that way instead of doing it this like that's, I true. And you that's, if, that's if, another
1: facet if, on this too is the Is Now that thinking about that talking this through is like let's think of, let's, let's take a look at that Universal said they're going to really they're going to do both Aspects and then yes. later it came out and said when it makes sense per film Okay amc's immediate response was drop all the films what if that was not? a shot across Universal's bow so to speak but a shot across Disney's bow what if it's hate somebody started this we need to put a line in the sand now before all of a sudden all the others to sit there and go hmm that might not be such a bad idea <laughs> Just saying. I, I mean, I want to be. Hate to borrow the tagline, but fair and balanced, and you know, devils advocate my
0: way through both sides of the argument just to sit there and go,
1: hmm, which hmm. one makes the
0: most sense to uh, you? Yeah, I do find it interesting. Like you said, you said they only are attacking Universal because what it has happened is that. You know, there's a few other other studios that have pulled their major releases and put going to put them on streaming service. You mentioned the House of Mouse to putting Artemis Fowl on Disney Plus. Um, Warner Brothers is pushing a Scoob to VOD next week. Yeah. Um So those are the, the, that's just two big networks right there. And the fact is, those two ne- uh, two studios have their own streaming platforms. That's um, true. Warner also, Brothers, also... Have HBO Max. So. Yeah.
1: Well, HBO Max now signed that exclusive. It's signed to deal with Apple, based yeah. on one of your articles you sent last week. But no, it's it's the fact that, or not so much the fact, but it all, the indicators are sit there and saying, if you're going to talk about breaking a contract agreement to put trolls on video on demand, why is that not also being said for? these other two films for example yeah some of the others that have gone to vod have were had at least a couple of weeks in the theater prior to everything going sideways yeah but these two may these two films no and it could also be that given the comparison of films that disney has on the roster to release artemis Fowl may not have been able to stand very well compared to the others
0: yeah, that was another That's reason fair. they decided to put it on their platform because they needed one, they needed a boost for the streaming service, and two, it wasn't it wasn't projecting to make them a lot of money. So,
1: which is fair. I mean, that makes sense. But did the theater community get all bent out of shape over that? Nope. Hey, this just proves where the money talks. Everybody walks. Oh yeah, and when you're looking at the fact that trolls. The first Trolls made 157 million in three weeks in the theaters. Trolls World Tour made 100 million in three weeks, which okay, 50 some odd million. But then taking a look at that break, 157 million, 50/50, left the studio with 170 with 75 million dollars. Yeah, 100 million broke 80/20. That's 80 million which one was more profitable to the studio at that point oh yeah so righty. well I think we've been beating on that one to death uh let's move on to some more fun stuff fun
0: things in the studio
1: alrighty what uh not- yeah speaking of crazy and zany and just scratch your head weird
0: uh, weirdness all over the place But especially on this article, if if you're going to the one I'm thinking, I have
1: not watched Tiger King. I have no interest in watching this. This is some of that stuff that just (laughs) makes you like, why? And I really think if it wasn't for this whole lockdown thing, this series would not have blown up the way it did. But it
0: was just the perfect storm.
1: Apparently. Because it was so successful, everybody and their brother is jumping on the bandwagon to produce more content around this guy and his crazy antics. And they recently cast Nicholas
0: Cage as the lead character, Joe Exotic. Yes, that is just that is just awesome news. It is reported on uh, by Screen Rant. Uh, a scripted as uh, quote a scripted Tiger King TV show cast Nicholas Cage to star as Joe Exotic, the stage name of Joseph Allen Maladol Passage, um, based on that Netflix Netflix document series that kind of just blew up because of the perfect storm. So, yeah. yeah.
1: I like Nick Cage. I think he does some great films, but his method of act, his met he's a method actor. He really gets into this, and this seems like one of those things. He, it's, it's, it, I think it could be potentially one of his best or one of his worst roles because it of the way he approaches best and worst acting at the same time. and getting
0: into character. Yes. I think that this is a perfect fit because he is a crazy actor and he's going to be pl- playing a crazy character on TV. That's already crazy. If you've ever watched a documentary, I'm not. I'm not watching so. it.
1: I refuse yeah. to watch it. I have other things to spend my time on. This is not one of them.
0: No, no, yeah, Uh, I'm not in. I'm not in the the haterate of a lot of people that don't want to watch it just because of its popularity. I just, just like you, there's a lot of other shows I want to watch. You know, so and it's not that I hate it. That I want to watch.
1: And it's not that I hate it. I don't want to sit there and say I hate it. I don't want to sit there and say anything negative. It's just
0: I wasn't saying you were, but some people are hating on it.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of people hating on it. There are a lot of people think it's really stupid me i have not seen it so i'm not going to say it's stupid i'm just going to say the way people are reacting to it is like this is not making me want to watch this this is not peer (laughs) pressuring me into watching this this show would have never crossed my radar i don't
0: even know what it was
1: yeah so like i said one for if one for lockdown nobody would have cared all righty next one this one's going to be fun that is uh Yesterday, of course, being the 4th of May, Star Wars Day. saw so all kinds of Star Wars newsy goodness. And this one really kicks it up there. A new Star Wars film was announced. It is in development and will be directed by
0: Taiko Watiti. Yes. Oh, man. And this is going to be exciting because he is a very... Uh intuitive director he He is and and there was that bit in
1: the mandalorian where he it's like yep this could be this could be really good and with what he did for thor ragnarok and all of that it's like yeah this is gonna be fun
0: yeah thor ragnarok um and uh probably it it might make it might make a list down the road is a jojo rabbit like like I'm just uh, the more the more I think about that movie, I know we're uh, going uh, going away from this news, but just that's the epitome of what to expect when you hear Taika Watiti in Star Wars. Especially the way he can make you care about Hitler get
1: to work <laughs> with the actors he's worked with, the actors he could get to work with, might see a few of those in there.
0: I think it'll be interesting. Oh yeah, it's definitely it's definitely going to be interesting and. um because we don't know where he's gonna fit this pre
1: Empire, post Empire, uh, the old Republic era, golden era. I mean, could we, the 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 scum and villainy of the universe. I mean, there's so many places he could go
0: with this. Yep. So there is no no details about it. So like you said, you don't know what air it's going to take place in. You don't know what characters it's going to take place in. But Let Disney confirmed rumor will he is not Let the be... Yeah, the <laughs> Disney confirmed it's not going to be the cast in Andor show or the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. So it is going to be new. It's going to be set somewhere that nobody knows. But it's going to have the stylings of the Watiti-isms. So I'm looking forward to that.
1: I can't wait. All right. Um... How about a little National Geographic type of thing?
0: Um,
1: From your local
0: news.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Did you know there is a species of hornet that is potent enough to, has venom that's potent enough to kill a human being?
0: Oh, yes. I have found that out this week, actually.
1: All right. And did you know this, do you know where
0: this hornet came from? Came from a... It originated from uh, the land of the rising sun.
1: Yes. So, and here is, we have an article here where it says this, uh, they call it the murder hornets because it's, it's, it's roughly a two inch size hornet and it it can, you get a few of them together. They can, the sting is enough to actually kill you. Well, hornets tend to hunt bees. And this particular species of hornet, which is indigenous to Japan, has been sighted in the continental U.S., specifically yes. Washington State, where a local beekeeper noticed that quite a number of his bees were decapitated. Yep. So, a little bit of concern there.
0: Oh, yes. So, uh, what it is, is that as reported actually through our uh, local news network, Wavy, um researchers are now hunting for the hornets and hoping to eradicate the species before it establishes itself in the state end quote so it is it it is a cautionary tale that we have to deal with a pandemic and then on the backside murderous hornets so um
1: it's not so much the hornets the fact that evasive transplanted species like this destroying the local ecosystem
0: yeah we've seen no points
1: there's dozens of these cases uh, look at what's going on in the Everglades with the python pe- e- epidemic. Oh, yeah. Um, that. Australia with the cane toads.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, yeah. a lot of things where you brought in these species, they they hitched a ride, they came over, they're not supposed to be there, and all of a sudden you cannot get rid of them because they're so out of place in the, in the ecosystem. But oh, yeah. I think it's and- interesting I think it's interesting. They don't. They haven't figured. One of the first things is how did it get across the ocean into Washington State?
0: Um, they don't know. The yeah. scientists don't know yet, and that's kind of scary because we don't know if it hitched a ride on a boat, called um, uh-huh. somebody' ransom. Oh, excuse me. Um, s- snuck in through a pipe, or teleported. Who knows? But um, just to just to add some uh, cream to the crop on this, uh, from the article. Um, It's reported that the Hornets kill up to 50 people every year in Japan. So keep that in mind.
1: Yeah, just what we need. All righty. Back on to some more fun stuff. Ubisoft is giving away games.
0: Yes, they are.
1: Last week was definitely a week for Ubisoft news. But uh, we got this new one where uh, Ubisoft is giving away three games. They're giving away Assassin's Creed 2. They're giving away Rayman Legends. And help me out with the third one. I can't remember off the top
0: of my head. Uh they are giving uh lastly a uh, Child of Lights. And which it, I, which, Go ahead. Yeah, Child of Light is a is a 2D uh, side scroller per se, but it has a lot of RPG elements in it. So it's one of those like um like colorful aesthetics like um, um uh, Limbo. Or, you know, in that vein. So it's a very colorful aesthetic game, but it's a two D, s two D side scroller.
1: Well, I have it in my virtual shrink wrap on a couple of platforms. And I have Rayman Legends and I've played that. That's zany, but I gotta say though, Assassin's Creed two was a pretty interesting grab on that list, because that is
0: arguably the best Assassin's Creed game. In a, lot of, in, in a lot of circles, it is. And even even with the release of Origins and Odyssey, uh, some people still love uh, a 2. Um, 2 was my favorite until I played uh, Odyssey. So, fair,
1: fair. But, but there's a gotta catch look with at these free games. There is a catch with the games.
0: There is a catch.
1: And the catch it's is the you can only get them for a PC. And you can only get them through Ubisoft's proprietary game service. You play. Oh yeah. But um, so yeah. Hey, I mean, I'm glad ke- people are giving away games. Oh, we were um, my wife and I were actually out grabbing uh, some dinner today, and we got to talk, and I said, you know, this is the time for industries revolving around introverts to
0: really do well oh yeah it definitely pump out those free games like uh uncharted 4 which i got yep free all right (laughs) uh our next one in this
1: is uh again coming back to the state's reopening and some people reacting the way they're doing well this lawyer in florida Probably has one of the more interesting. I think he's a closet cosplayer, but he dressed up as the Grim Reaper out at Florida's beaches over the fact that Florida decided to open the beaches after all of this lockdown stuff. And this was this guy's reaction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, if they're saying an odds and ends crazy kind of story, I don't know what is, but this is just
0: wow. <laughs> so as reported on a uh, uh, cnn.com through their cnn travel section um florida lawyer daniel uh Ufielder, to protest the reopening of the beaches uh decided to go and um sit out there in a grim reaper costume to haunt the people that were coming out to the beaches
1: i hope be brought plenty of sunblock
0: oh yeah he's gonna be in all black so he'd probably be sweating a lot too it is florida so
1: well, gotta stay hydrated Stay hydrated, hydrate or die. Alrighty, next up, got another uh, Animal Kingdom news. Recent scientific discovery dict- has said that the Spinosaurus is an act- is an aquat is the first known swimming dinosaur because of a recent discovery of a fossilized tail to the Spinosaurus being paddle like.
0: Yes, um to add a little credence to what you said, this is reported on IGN and quote National Geographics reports that the fossilized tail of the Spinosaurus uh, Aspiticas, I butchered that, sorry, unearthed in southern Morocco provided fresh insight into how the fifty foot long seven ton predator made have lived in an underwater habitat. Unquote.
1: Well,
0: dinosaurs can swim that's pretty much what i got from the article they don't die in the water they die from meteors and asteroids
1: every animal can swim some some better than others i can swim
0: yes. but i have
1: the, the blood most every animal can swim. and i i gotta say i think spinosaurus i'm thinking jurassic park 3 And the whole swimming thing, I'm thinking back to the original Jurassic Park, the book, where there's a great sequence. I still remember 20 years after reading the book and watching the film. But in the original book, there was a sequence where Grant and the kids were floating uh, across a body of water. And one of the T-Rexes was swimming after them. Very crocodilian-like. (laughs) and then of course we look to Jurassic Park 3 and that river sequence where the Spinosaurus was swimming through the water 10 years 10-15 years before this quote-unquote discovery it's kind of like oh yeah movie got it right moving on (laughs) Let's see. Well, it is Tuesday. It is Cinco de Mayo, which means
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: time for margaritas and tacos. Oh, yes. Another one from our local news affiliate uh, announced that Taco Bell is rolling out at-home taco bar kits. I don't think there's a whole lot that could be said to this one. Taco nope, Bell. It's pretty much... Uh- I mean, they already had the party box where they had the burritos and the tacos made. Now you're going to get a box where they're not made.
0: No, you're just going to get a lot more fun and flavor. Um, As uh, reported by our local affiliate, Wavy, uh, to add more to that, quote, the Taco Bar will feed a group of six. It includes eight flour tortillas, 12 crunchy taco shells, and six ounces of tortilla chips, end quote. Okay. I, it's
1: I, there's not a whole lot we can say on that one. It's just, that's no. what it is.
0: Yeah. Everybody loves tacos. Let's go get some tacos. That's pretty much what it says.
1: That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, well, we're about an hour and a half in. I think we're probably going to probably best to cut it there. Otherwise we are with the looking over these last few stories. I could definitely see a good 45 minutes of uh, shenanigans back and forth over these. Uh, even oh, though it was yeah. supposed to be quick, some of them were some of them were just got to talk about it, especially to clarify. So, I think we'll save that for the next game stream and uh, make it a little chit chat over those things.
0: Oh yeah, but uh, just to end on a end on a high note, oh. Blah, blah, blah.
1: oh yes, let's be fair. Let's talk about that because that was announced last week, and that is probably going to be one of the big ones, and. I've got a story here about that one. Da, 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 da. Ubisoft uh, clarify, has clarified that the the new Assassin's Creed Valhalla will be a day one release for both the new Xbox and the PlayStation 5.
0: Yes. So it will be a, a, a release on the new systems as well as the current gen. Um... If uh, the extended teaser, which got me hyped and I watched a lot, um, it's going to be set uh, taking place in ninth century Europe when uh, following a a Viking by the name of Ivor who uh, raids the kingdom of England at that time
1: yeah and the the article goes on to talk about how this one there's going to be a big thing to talk about the settlement that ivor is creating and how integral that will be to your character and and story development as well as taking and refining more things from odyssey oh yeah
0: so it's going to build upon the, the 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 seafaring it's going to expand you know territory and um Uh, development of the characters and it's bringing one of the best features back which is dual wielding weapons
1: so I'm looking forward to more news on this Um, but it's great to see uh, another franchise looks like they're really making good strides and making the thing making it more immersive if Odyssey was any indication of how immersive they can truly get this will be good to see
0: oh yeah I expect great things Comes out in the holiday season of this year.
1: All righty. Well, I think with that, we'll go ahead and put up our contact information. And this time, I fixed the button. The button is fixed, people. All righty. That's where you can find us on uh, all of the social media platforms and whatnot. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, on the audio version through your uh, through your podcast uh, service of choice, by all means, give us a like, give us a rating. Help us, uh, help us to do what we do more. Uh, if you're checking this out on uh, YouTube, at uh, Scuba Studio on YouTube, uh, give us a like, give us a share. Um, be sure to hit the little bell to let you know when more uh, videos come out. We do a lot of different videos on a lot of different content. Um, and uh, stay tuned or check us out this Saturday for Challenge Accepted. And we'll see you there. And we'll see you out on the interwebs.
0: Peace.